Hello and welcome to Mortgage Insider from Barclays, the podcast series that delves into the biggest challenges facing the mortgage broking industry. I'm Tony Rimmer, a business development manager in the Northwest. And I'm Claire McPhail, a business development manager in the Southeast. In this episode, we're speaking to one of the most highly regarded business leaders in the mortgage industry. Peter Brodnicki is the CEO of the Mortgage Advice Bureau, a business he co-founded 20 years ago. We spoke to him to find out what lessons he's learned during his career, how he's overcome major challenges and what tips he has for growing a business. Hi, Peter. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Claire. My pleasure. Yes, hi Peter. Welcome to what is our last podcast in the series. A very warm welcome to you today. So I'll start us off then, Peter. So can you tell me a little bit about your career before Mortgage Advice Bureau? So back a few years. Okay, that's that's testing my memory, but um, (laughs) I think uh, how it all started, I mean, I started my career straight from college at... um, uh, at the finance department of Richmond Borough Council. Um, yeah. I then went into sort of lending for the first time in second charge lending from there. Um, and then I moved into first charge lending with, with charcoal, actually. Um, right, um, I remember them many years ago. That was yeah, probably yeah, back yeah, in right. the late 80s, if anybody can yeah, remember that absolutely. far back. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then uh, basically my first job in, in actual sales, which wasn't at charcoal, uh, was for a company called Albany Life, who specialised in... Uh, estate agency financial services and uh, yeah. believe it or not I was their top mortgage advisor for for three years before taking a regional director role there and then from there I went on to to LNG uh, to set up and head a new team of business consultants working with estate agency related mortgage businesses uh, and then moved into a role of recruitment director um, whilst at LNG I also um, built my own uh, mortgage broking business, which my, my, raf, my wife ran at the time, um, rather than me, obviously. Yeah. Um, but my aim was always at some point, I guess, to, to move into that business and scale it, um, scale it further. It was such a different time, wasn't it? When you came into the market would have been similar-ish in, to myself as a few years later, but it was such exactly. a different time, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, so m- moving on then, Peter, I mean, in terms of uh, leaving LNG and moving on, what would you say was your inspiration? You, you mentioned briefly about setting up the, the company and your wife being involved in that. What, what would you say was your inspiration for, for getting that going? Um, I think I, s- I saw the opportunity to replace the sort of gap left by insurers when the endowment disappeared from the market. And uh, a lot of the insurers ran a point of representative distribution at the time. Um, and of course, as they pulled out with the endowment, uh, in fact, probably pretty much all but LNG did, um, it was, they were replaced by sort of light touch mortgage networks that just didn't offer the same level of, of support those insurers did at the time and certainly didn't specialise in, in sectors like a state agency, which at the time was my area of expertise. So I guess I saw the opportunity to replace that gap left by insurers and in fact offer a replacement solution that was even more specialist and um, and provided a solution for those, uh, a branded solution for those that wanted it, an even higher level of support and expertise maybe than even the insurance, insurers provided. Effectively, from day one, it may be positioned itself as a strategic partner for the estate agency sector with our attention really focused on the leading independence in, in the UK. That sort of specialist approach has sort of been maintained ever since, I think, um, across different sectors now, obviously, sectors of lead sources and mortgages, and it may be, I think, now is by far the most recognised broker brand in the UK. More importantly, by having that broker brand, you know, we, we believe our biggest differentiator is because we sort of uh, think and act like brokers. Um, yeah. And that culture is, uh, is pretty much at the heart of everything we do in the business. So that because that was something you you actually looking back, you, you were scaling quite quickly as well, weren't you? You're moving, move, moving ahead at, at quite a pace at the time. 
in, in, in the beginning. Did, so did you have a clear sort of outlook on, on where you wanted to be within that space? Yeah, look, we, we decided rather than be generalists that we wanted to be specialists um, and, and live and breathe what a state agency needed, uh, what the brokers and firms operating in that space needed and, and sort of build bespoke technology, marketing, training, recruitment, rather than sort of being a jack of all trades and, and, and offer real value. Um, now, we knew that, you know, what we wanted to do is, was, was really focus on, on bringing in top quality firms and brokers rather than growing at pace. So we knew that the pace would grow at because we were more specialist, would take longer, but we knew we'd we'd start building really strong, high quality, high producing distribution, which is what what our aim was, rather than sort of growing at all costs. And I mean, the business turns 21 this year. So congratulations on that, that's for sure. What have you learned really? I know I've been to a couple of roadshows supporting from the Barclays side and they're always a fun, um, fun interactive place to go and the, the brokers are always very buzzy but for you what lessons have you learned really throughout that period of time um well apart from um lessons learned on how to um <laughs> deliver a great fun conference and even fun <laughs> they are they all, you always get a good feel you know good. you could tell the brokers are enjoying themselves which is you know that at the end of the day you, you've got to, to be good and motivated and you've got to enjoy your job haven't you so. exactly and that's you know you know the whole culture in mab is, is part of what differentiates us so obviously you can see what we've learned because our conferences i hope hopefully you'll see have got better and uh, serve the after party so um <laughs> yeah look, obviously a lot of lessons learned and continue to be learned and, and not just because of the pandemic it's uh, i think it's good for the business constantly to to feel that it's learning and improving but you know remaining focused on, on, on building the business around the customer and their changing needs has always been our focus you know we've learned that specialization works best uh, as it delivers the best customer outcomes and business outcomes and I think enhancements in technology will also help us understand our, understand our customers a lot more, whilst also allowing an even greater level of specialisation and service to be delivered. I think the other thing you have to do is keep challenging everything you do and the decisions you make. Disrupt your own business in a positive way rather than maybe waiting to be disrupted. Never, ever get comfortable. And that's, again, lessons, valuable lessons learned. Never, never get comfortable um, and feel that you've got to where you need to get to. The other key thing, especially for MAB and I guess for any business, is invest in people. You know, they're, they're your crown jewels. Give them the autonomy. Give them the trust uh, to deliver as you can't do everything yourself. And when you're growing your business, the temptation is to do that. And uh, when you can afford to, um, you, you need to, to, to bring good people in around you at, at the earliest opportunity. Um, the MEB team, I think, is incredible. We, we don't get everything right the first time, but the, the commitment to advisors and ARs is extraordinary, which is what I asked for, really. And I guess it's harder the bigger you get as you grow your business. Um, and, and so staying close and staying real to the people in the business that deliver your success is, is, is hugely important. And again, another lesson learned, I think, is, is that taking risks is part of business. You have to take risks. If anybody advised me, you know, what's the best advice you, you can take, um, you can give to anybody running a business is make decisions. Take those risks. You have to take risks. You know, change is risky. It comes with no guarantees. But change is good, energises you, your staff, your whole business and keeps you and your team, you know, um, sharp and, and, and focused. You know, so a lot of, lots of, lots of lessons learned. And, and again, you know, the other thing to remember is, you know, especially in terms of more recent changes uh, around um, the pandemic, you know, the world was not meant to change this quickly. And um, everything we've done in the short term shouldn't necessarily be taken for granted that it is right in the long term. You know, we have to take that and, and consider it and decide what's best moving forward. Um, just because we had to change quickly uh, doesn't mean that's what we need to do and stay and stick with. We might want to keep bits of it, but not all of it. 
So yes, plenty, you know, learnt, but um, we now need to build a business model and culture around the positive changes um, that have come from the COVID experience. Wonderful. So Peter, you, you talked a little bit there about change. I think if we started to, to laser in on a bit of change that may have happened over the last 18 months around the pandemic, how have the last 18 months been for you? Um, and what would you say would be the benefits that have emerged as a result of that? I think probably for me and everybody else, it's been a hell of a roller coaster. You know, I think we've crammed about 25 years into about uh, 15 months. The thing is that the changes we all had to make so incredibly quickly were, were out of necessity, not out of choice. In my opinion, I think some, some incredibly big decisions have already been made by businesses very early on based on very little or, or no understanding of the medium to long term impact on their employees and, and, and their businesses. And yeah, as usual in the background, I guess the intermediary sector cope remarkably well in the face of adversity, as, as it always yeah. always seems to do. Doesn't matter what you throw at it. Um, yeah. And obviously, we started off cope, you know, uh, coping, you know, transition from uh, from the tap being turned off overnight to coping with the tap full on. Um, whilst yes. uh, obviously lenders Some understandably beauty. struggle to keep up with demand and predicting the economic outcome of COVID across different sectors. I mean, it was it, 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 it caused its challenges and, it, and everybody was out of their depth and, and learning every day. Um, so, you know, MAB, I don't think we're any different to any other intermediary channel. Uh, we dealt with what was in front of us. We all pulled together superbly um, and reprioritised our resources um, to support our brokers and clients in ways that was most important at that time. You know, we, we yeah. challenged absolutely everything we did and why we did it. And I, and I think the biggest change and improvement as, as probably looking back and being in how we um, sort of communicate across the business, both internally and with yeah, our, our yeah. brokers and customers, because, you know, at a time like that, just as brokers had to do with their clients, you know, you had to overkill on the communication and, and just keep learning and, 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 and working closely with all, all, all stakeholders. Um, we introduced, I think, on the back of all this and, and all our thinking, we introduced a, a new proposition team to, to give the, 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 the focus on delivery and fast delivery. Um, we, we created an outward bound customer call team you know, to ensure we could engage with everybody as quickly as they needed to be uh, and to support brokers in doing that out in the field. And we also reviewed our company culture and, um, and priorities and have taken steps in, in that direction too. Now, we've seen office work uh, office-based working is always a question I'm asked about. Um, yeah, it's been the biggest change, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I, and I see, you know, you know, in terms of MAB, we see, it, you know, office being office-based working being the norm. Um, obviously, with some level of flexibility uh, that can be achieved, but probably only still while still ensuring we are all engaging together in the office. I think that then delivers an innovative and enjoyable working environment in, in which we can all learn and, and from each other and work closely together. And I don't think you can replicate that and even on calls like this and, um, and, and others similar. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's definitely hard. I mean, certainly over the last year on, on here, Peter, the calls that we've had, you know, when we've covered the brokers, they were under so immense pressure for different reasons. They were working from home along with the pressure of the extreme workload you know, how did your brokers, you mentioned about maybe the communication there, how, how did your company keep them, keep their resilience? How, how did you help them keep their resilience? How did you keep them motivated? Yeah, look, I, th- I think um, within a, that particular time period, you know, I think, you know, the world was not meant to change that quickly. You know, I think yeah. we all know evolution is far better than revolution um, yeah. and it's best for businesses, their staff and, and I think their customers. So, um you know, but you had to deal with what was there, and uh, and again, you know, we we um, 
Yeah, you've got to think that everybody who works with you and around you has got different conditions at home, are coping it, it with it differently. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to keep on top of all of that and understand how everybody's being impacted. So you've just got to, again, make sure the communication's there, the engagement's there, you bring some fun into it as well. It's the fun, isn't it? That's the bit we've all been missing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And, you know, people need to do it. The trouble is, every time we try to organise, a, you know, a, a fun event, like we had some comedians online and MBB comedy night and stuff like that, the problem is it's all on Teams. Or, and so you've been on yeah. teams all day and then you've got to get back on teams for the, for the entertainment, yeah. you know. So, you know, you just got to just keep everybody's morale up. It's all about morale and keep positive. Yeah. It's difficult. People just want to break from routine and, and you've got to make sure those breaks there. It can't be work all the time. You've got to make sure people take their breaks, take time off, you know, take their lunch breaks, you know, because you so know, it's, it's not sustainable. Otherwise, it's, it just really isn't. Um, so, um, you know, I think that's a, uh, um, in terms of, the COVID experience, I think that's how we, we keep people, um, you know, motivated. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like you say, that's what certainly come out. It's it's the fact that people stopped taking breaks and there was no end to the day. And 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 as you say, there wasn't much fun. So, you know, it sounds like you guys did just the right well, thing. Well, it's in our culture. So. You've got to have a bit of fun. You know, you work hard, you play hard and you can't stop that just because you can't go out. You know, you just got to find yeah. and be more innovative in ways of doing it. And uh, we did it in teams. We did it as a company. We did it with different sectors of the business. And, you know, we just found different ways of doing it. You'll make the most of it when the when lockdown, when we're all allowed out again, you'll be making the most of it at your company, won't they? <laughs> Which is why I think we wanted to get as much work in H1 before we all get loose on H2. So, uh, so we need to be well ahead of target by the end of H1. Before the next conference or the next face-to-face conference. <laughs> It was meant to be our 20th birthday celebration last year, but thankfully 21 follows 20, which works equally as well. So, uh, so Peter, sort of linking on, I mean, the industry has changed so much, as we've mentioned, in the last year and a half um, with the technology changes that everybody's had to embrace. But how do you see sort of the, the business changing in the future? And I suppose specifically around sort of Mortgage Advice Bureau, how do you see that journey going through for the next 21 years, let's say? <laughs> yeah, look, I mean... Um, <laughs> um, Not for the next 21 years, next next few years or two. <laughs> 21, I'm celebrating 60 next year, so I'm not sure about 81, but, you know, everybody still thinks I'll be there then and beyond. So um, it may be a reflective of, of customer behaviour and, and changing behaviour, and therefore the same as all intermediaries we have to change and adapt with the consumer. You know, technology is is something consumers are, are used to using, probably not so much in the mortgage industry, but they're starting to now. And it's there to be an enabler to make the whole experience quicker, faster, more effective, easier to understand. Uh, and that's what it's going to achieve. And, you know, from a lot of talk about it, I think we're at the business end of delivery now. And, and um, over the next few years, I think, you know, the whole sector will see some, some big steps forward in that respect. So that benefits everybody, broker, client, businesses, everything, um, which is great news. And, it, and it's about time and, um, and it's exciting and, and we should all embrace it. Um, we also need to consider how our business models need to change around technology as well, rather than just dropping technology onto existing business models. So, you know, it's not just technology is the answer. We have to, to change how, how businesses adapt and, and use technology. But in, in terms of how, how the industry can change, apart from becoming more efficient and, and, and making, I guess, the intermediary proposition even more compelling than it is enabled with technology, um, then I do think that um, we, we, technology will also affect how leads are generated. 
You know, a lot of people are very used to how they generate their leads currently, but what could come along and disrupt that? That's something we have to think about. You know, as a business, we started off, you know, um, ensuring that we were sort of number one in a state agency and new build. Obviously, we've evolved into other areas considerably since then, but those are the areas where customers first became visible um, and, and as, serious, as serious buyers. So that's where we focused our attention and specialised in those areas. But, you know, now there are opportunities to maybe using the new technology to capture those customers when they're several years before that. There are so many opportunities like that, but that's not where you can use a broker, but good technology will enable you to do that. So maybe you do need to reconsider your lead sources, how technology can be used with those lead sources, how we can add value and uh, capture those customers earlier in the process before they engage with a broker and then give them the autonomy to decide how much they want to self-serve before they take advice or how much hand-holding they want earlier on in the process. So to me, you know, existing lead sources shouldn't be taken for granted. You know, I think the technology will create disruption in lead generation, the new opportunities, um, and there'll be new winners and there'll be some losers, I guess. So uh, as I said earlier, don't take anything for granted. Don't get comfortable. What's worked in the past won't necessarily work in the future. Technology is there to help us and help the client, but can also change business models quite drastically. I mean, finally, Peter, what, what advice would you give to any aspiring brokers who, who are looking to, to sort of grow and build their businesses? Look, um, every business is different. Every business owner is different. But to me, as you're growing a your business, every broker you take on is, is an extension of you. So I would say, look, don't compromise on quality. Have very clearly defined customer experience. And make sure all the brokers in your business know what that is and that they and that they deliver it day in, day out. In reality, this is not how most businesses operate. Uh, but I can assure you that the best ones do. And, and the technology will make those particular businesses even better as they'll be leveraging everything that they can offer as a team and in a consistent and highly effective way. I think, you know, the broker proposition is for customers is, is incredibly compelling. Um, I don't understand why every customer doesn't go to a broker, obviously. But you add to your business ruthless efficiency and consistency, and you have the foundations you need to build a very successful and sustainable business. Um, But that's the key to anything. You know, you can do things well in patches, but that consistency and efficiency throughout your business is really important that you're all focused on that customer experience. It, It can't just be a collection of brokers. You know, we can learn so much more and be so much stronger and deliver so much more to customers working together as a business not as a collection of individuals. Thank you, Peter. Very helpful. Some really good good thoughts. That was Peter Brodmeke, founder of the Mortgage Advice Bureau. The views expressed by our external guests in this podcast are their opinions only and do not reflect the views of Barclays. If there's a subject that you'd like us to explore, then please email us at mortgageinsider at acast.com. I'm Claire McPhail. And I'm Tony Rimmer. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.